I'm in my zone. Welcome to another episode of In The Zone. I am your host, Chris Broussard. We've got a tremendous show for you today as our guest, Earl Watson, dropped some bombs, some great stories about Russell Westbrook, Devin Booker, talks a little bit about Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. Great show for you. Great interview with Earl Watson, former coach of the Phoenix Suns. We also, of course, will have Knocked Down Jay with my man, Jason McIntyre, but first, As always, we have to start off with a top five. So I was sitting back earlier this week watching a game with the Houston Rockets. They came back and beat the New Orleans Pelicans. Chris Paul and James Harden looked tremendous, combined for 46 points and 23 assists. So that got a brother to thinking, hmm, who are the best five backcourts in the NBA today? So that is this week's list, top five NBA backcourts. And at number five, we go to Portland, where we have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Now I know you're saying, what? Why so low? These guys are the second leading backcourt scoring-wise in the NBA. But there's more to basketball than scoring, namely, especially when you got two point guards or two guards, six foot three and under. There's something called passing. And Portland is dead last, dead last in the NBA in assists. And it really isn't even close. 18 assists a game, only team in the league under 20 assists a game. When you have two of the best guards in the league, that should not be the case. Then defensively, they got to step it up. Their size hurts them a little bit. But Damian Lillard ranked 62nd in defensive plus minus among point guards. There's only 30 starting point guards in the league. He's 62nd. And then CJ McCollum, 68th in defensive plus minus for shooting guards. So defensively, they leave a lot to be desired. That's why they're number five. At number four, I was tempted to move these guys up to three, but I'm going with Toronto's backcourt of DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. They don't put up the points that some of these other backcourts do, although they still give you close to 40 a game, but they play defense, especially Kyle Lowry. He is a pit bull. He's the type of dude you hate see to see on the other side of the floor. The type of dude you hate to play against because he'll beat you up, get physical with you, pick you up three-quarter court sometimes, and really hound you. And on top of that, he gives you 16 points, seven assists, and six rebounds a game. And DeMar DeRozan, in the age of the three-pointer, this brother is a throwback, mid-range scorer, slasher, gets to the hole, gets to the foul line. That's why they are number four on this list. At number three, of course, I'm going to Washington, John Wall and Bradley Beal. One of the things I like about this duo is the size. John Wall, 6'4", great size for a point guard. Bradley Beal, 6'5", Great size for a two-guard. Bill, of course, can score any way you want. He can hit the three. He can hit the mid-range shot. He can go to the basket. And John Wall is one of the best playmaking point guards, best assist man in the league year after year after year. They're explosive, can do it in the fast tempo, up-tempo play, can also do it in the half court. I would like to see John Wall be a better shooter, but he's been improving. But if he keeps improving his jump shot, 
Maybe they move higher on the list. But for now, the duo in Washington at number three. At number two, these guys have barely been playing together. But they are fantastic. I mentioned them earlier. James Harden and Chris Paul in Houston. Now, let me say this first. James Harden and Eric Gordon, the sixth man for the Rockets, they're actually the leading scoring backcourt in the league. So Gordon's giving them 19 points a game, but Chris Paul, of course, is the better player. Those are the two starters. So Harden and Chris Paul, second best backcourt. Chris Paul, since he's gotten back, he's been played only 11 games with the Rockets. They are 11 and 0. And check this out, in the 10 games, that they've played together since Paul came back from injury. Paul is averaging nine and a half assists and James Harden's averaging eight and a half assists a game. That is unheard of. We have not seen a backcourt put up those types of assist numbers since Magic Johnson and Norm Nixon were playing for the Lakers in the early 80s. These dudes are getting it done. Obviously, Chris Paul makes the defense in Houston better. They're all the way up to six in defensive efficiency in the league. A lot of that has to do with Chris Paul. Even James Harden is playing better defense. Defensive plus minus, he's ranked 27th in the league among point guards. Not tremendous, but last year he was 63rd. So he's even giving more effort on that end of the floor. These guys in Mike D'Antoni's offense are dangerous and I give them a great chance, a great chance to challenge Golden State for the Western Conference crown. And let me say this, I was wrong. I thought they would struggle together. I thought Chris Ball would be lost off the ball. He's shooting 40% from three-point range, though, showing he can catch and shoot it. And they, I thought he made a huge mistake, but I was wrong and they were right. And that's why they're the second best point backcourt in the NBA. And at number one, no surprise, we go to the Bay Area where we find Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, the Splash Brothers. Not only are they the best backcourt in the NBA today, you heard it here first, they are the best backcourt in NBA history. That's right, Mark Jackson, their former coach, caught a lot of flack years ago when he said they were the best shooting backcourt in NBA history. He proved to be correct with that. I don't care if I catch slack when I say they're the best backcourt in NBA history because years from now, you will all agree. Bring Isaiah and Dumars. Bring Jerry West and Gail Goodrich. Bring Clyde Frazier and Earl DePearl Monroe. Legendary names. But these two are better. And here's why. If you look at those groups I mentioned, those duos, they really only had four maybe five years together when both were in their prime. Steph and Clay in their seventh year together, in their fourth straight year when both averaged over 20 points a game, in their sixth straight year when both averaged over 16 points a game, and two titles and counting. These two, you're watching the best backcourt in NBA history and of course, the best backcourt today. Golden State, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. All right, I'm here with Earl Watson in the zone. Great to have you, man. Man, thanks for having me. 13-year veteran in the NBA, six or seven teams. I don't know if we count Seattle and Oklahoma City as the same team. You can count it. You count it as two. <laughs> Add one to the list. <laughs> Parts of three seasons as a coach with the Phoenix Suns. 
Uh, you heard me. I, I, I gave my top five last week, players 23 and under. And one of your former players, I hated to leave him off. Yeah. But I had to. I might regret it. But Devin Booker. Tell me why he deserves to be on that top five, 23 and under list. I think for me, he's, he's top two. Really? Yeah, Who, who's number one? Uh, can, you can go him or, or Giannis or Porzingis. You know, those three can kind of rotate whatever your preference is on style of play. Okay. Right? So for me, Devin Booker, out of those three, he's the most dominant scorer. He's the most mature. And he has this charisma to him that's Jeter-like. Really? Jeter's yeah, Jeter. meaning you can take him into any environment and he's going to capture that room. And I'm not sure you can do that with Giannis or Porzingis. You know, you put mm. Devin Booker in front of a camera, you put Devin Booker in a children's hospital, you put Devin Booker anywhere with people, he is going to stand out. He has that presence. Wow. Well, you, I know you were telling us before some stories about him and Kobe Bryant and Russell Westbrook. It seems like he's really got that dog in him, too. He has that dog. And, you know, I've been very, you know, I've been had a great career in the NBA, very grateful for that career. And I had a young Gordon Hayward as my teammate in Utah. I had a young Dame Lillard, C.J. McCollum, uh, even Russell and, yeah. and KD. And I played with Ray Allen and Gary Payton, all these, even Darren Williams in, in Utah. Okay. I had him as when well great, yeah. when he was like, you know, D. Will that we all knew and loved. Book, Devin Booker scores easily. In a pick and roll, spot up, in the post, off the elbow isolation. And every game winner, he wants that shot. I would mm. come to the huddle, and it's, it's, it's funny. I wish there was a camera in the huddle for game winners because <laughs> four players are going to look down at you. They don't want that, they don't want that <laughs> shot. They're going to look down. He would just stare at me, like, look at me, like, you already know. I'd be like, what do you want it? Isolation elbow? Yep. Flatten it out versus Wesley Matthews wow. in, in Dallas. Week before he hit one versus Sacramento versus Matt Barnes. He just he, he, he demands it. He accepts it. He embraces it. And he feels like no one in the universe, in his words, in the universe can check him. Really? Yes. Who, who do you compare him to player-wise and then mentally? Uh, mentally, I compare him a lot to Kobe. Really? He takes on that mindset. Like, right. no one's going to outwork me. You're not going to punk me. I have a lot of dog in me. I'm going to take a hard foul to let you know I'm here. And winning and losing, losing hurts. Winning, I need more. Game-wise, He's different from Kobe because he can run a pick and roll. Mm. Kobe run a pick and roll and it just didn't look right, but he could he could execute it. When Devin runs a pick and roll, it's more fluid and he can score off of it, he can shoot and he can pass. He has a lot of James Harden in his pick really? and roll. So I'm really I've always was a big advocate of putting Devin Booker at the point guard if you're not gonna have an Eric Bledsoe. Why not put him at the point guard with a TJ Warren on one side and you have a Josh Jackson on the other side, two big time defenders? Or put, pair him up with a undersized two guard that can defend ones, and then book and run the point like James Harden did last season. Yeah, yeah. So he has a lot of difference to him and different, you know, dynamics to his game. But I've seen games where Devin Booker has dominated versus Milwaukee and New York easily. Well, people don't know how good this guy is. Then he's in Phoenix. I mean, he's getting some love, but it seems like. People don't understand how great he can be or will or is at this point. He, he's definitely, I'll say this, two summers ago after his rookie season in an owner's meeting in Vegas, and everyone thought I was crazy. He is going to be the best player to ever wear the Suns jersey. Ooh. And that says a lot. Charles Barkley, Steve ever, Nash. Ever, ever, 
because wow. of what he brings to the table at such a young age, his mindset and his commitment to win. Now, the challenge they're going to have is Devin is not really about or wants to be in a rebuilding process. Mm-hmm. So how quickly can you put younger players or bridge that gap to win now? Devin Booker, to me, is a superstar. He's always carried himself like one. He holds himself accountable like one. And being around great players my entire career, you just knew that instantly, just taking presence in anything that he does. Is he the type of guy that will have no problem walking away if, when he's a free agent if they don't have what he wants in place? I don't think in the history of the NBA in free agency you ever seen a player walk away from his first extension. Yeah. That's never happened. But that second extension is going to be key. And I don't think you can flip on a switch to win. You have to learn how to win now. There's the, nothing changes overnight. It's a process you learn early and you put players around early to win. And you continue to see his development. And just, you know, speaking out, the kid has so much more to his game. Because wow. think about it, he's really the only offensive threat. He's getting these numbers. Uh, what is it, 46 last night versus yeah, Philly. Yeah, I'll play both Embiid and Simmons. You know he's going to be the only one shooting the ball, and he still puts up the numbers. Yeah. Imagine when he has options around him to spread the defense, and he can operate without getting double teamed so much. I heard you say something like he, he thought he or thinks he's as good as Jordan or he something He thinks like he's that. as good as Jordan. He had this conversation before. He was like, E, I'm, I'm better than Jordan. <laughs> I'm like, how, how do you figure that? And he was like, what can Jordan do that I can't do? Jordan never has 70 at Boston. And I go, yeah, but Jordan can play defense and he dunks on people. You don't do either <laughs> one yet. Like, you have a lot of room to grow. But I just the, And you can't challenge that mindset. You have to let that mindset take form. You have to let him believe that because belief is stronger than reality. And he steps on the court. And he might not be the quickest to jump the highest, but yet he's, he's actually dunking on people. Mm-hmm. He's actually getting past people. He's actually making the key plays. And he's hitting game winners like he's been doing this for 10-plus years. Wow. That's, that's, that's some serious stuff, man. He's going to be that good. But um, you, who, who is the – you play with some great players. You mentioned some of them. Who's the best teammate you've ever played with? Oh, my best teammate. I would have to say Pau Gasol in Memphis. Well, okay, so he was the best teammate. Talk about that, but – Actually, best player you've ever played with. Best player I play with? Yeah. I'm biased, man. I'm going um, Gary Payton my first year. Okay. I've seen Gary dominate the game of basketball out of the mid post and the elbow. He wasn't a big-time three-point shooter, but he dominated the game of basketball. Now, the game at the point guard position has now changed. Mm-hmm. The game has changed a lot. Point guards aren't posting up. But Gary had that presence on both sides of the court. And what impressed me the most about Gary is he knew the other team's play calls and their plays at shoot-around. So as the coach would say, these are the three to five players we're walking over. Gary will call out the name and teach everyone where to go and what they're going to exactly do. So he really taught me to start thinking about the game differently and to see the game differently and learn the game as if I was a coach before the game even started as a player. So in games where he call out, Teams plays, yes. or once they called him out, he'd tell everybody where they're going. He would tell like everyone where they're going. He would yell it out, and he would tell you what that player is going to do. So what that do to the opponents? Uh, I mean, did you, you he, see on their? You better, you better have a chess game. You better have a counter because Gary would call it out. So if we played San Antonio Spurs and they called out a play like Strong, yeah. he's going to be like, point guard's cut through. He's going to get it back. Screen across from Tim. It's coming for you, Vin. Vin Beggar's our teammate. Yeah, yeah. They're about to post you. They're about to post you. Wow. So, like, he knew it before it happened, and that taught me right there that he was a genius in the game of basketball, and it, I needed to get my game up as a rookie. You ever heard any other players do that type of thing? Uh, yeah, you have some players that do it. Um, 
LeBron does it a lot. Okay. LeBron's very vocal. He knows every team's players, and he studies that playbook and watch a lot of film. That's what sets LeBron apart. A lot of players don't want to put in that extra work. LeBron puts it in, like watching film, of course, working out extra yeah, and yeah. just picking up terminology in other teams' play calls. Is LeBron still the best player in the league? By far. By far. By far. They, they won 11 straight games with no point guard. You have no Derrick Rose. You have no Isaiah Thomas, and they're winning games. Imagine when IT comes back, what's that going to do for LeBron? For one, it's going to give him rest because now you have a guy who is also a playmaker and he can put up big numbers. Mm -hmm. It's going to pull off a lot of pressure. So going down a stretch, LeBron can have his legs for the playoffs in which they know getting through the East and then facing someone from the West is going to be a challenge. So you don't see it being a clash or any problem when Isaiah gets back? No, I think it's, it's, it's a great trade early in the season, even though it's not a trade. You get a new player that hasn't touched the court all year. You get some fresh blood, some new inspiration, great energy, and IT has a strong enough personality to win games so LeBron can just scale back sometimes throughout the season. A lot of people debate who's the GOAT, LeBron or MJ, or I don't know if you think somebody else. Is LeBron the GOAT? The GOAT to me is always gonna be Michael Jordan. He's impacted the culture of basketball. He's impacted winning. Um, he's changed the game of basketball. He was the first player to really lift weights and everybody started to get big and lift weights. His work ethic set up everyone else to follow. Until LeBron and Kobe, you can't, you can't take away Kobe. So who would you take between LeBron and Kobe? Because you're right, people don't put Kobe in that conversation. People should always put Kobe in that conversation. He set the bar. I'm always going to go Kobe. I'm old school. I grew up watching Kobe. I have a great Kobe story for you. You want this one? Yeah, yeah. All right, so Baron Davis and I started at UCLA um, freshman summer program called FSP. We're running past the Wooden Center. It's... 7.30, classes at 8. We see Kobe Bryant going into the Wooden Center. We're like, Kobe, what's up? What's up? He says, what's up? Look, you're playing at 3. Men's gym, legendary games. He goes, yeah, I'll be there at 3. We get out of class at 2. So you're a freshman. You guys are Baron freshmen. Baron Davis is not a freshman at UCLA. And he's he's what, with the Lakers. Probably his second year. Second year, okay. Right? So we're running past the Wooden Center to go change to play pickup at 3 with Magic Johnson in the, in the men's gym. We see Kobe leaving the gym about 2.15. We said, Kobe, did you eat? He said, not yet. He was in there from 8 to 2.15. Working out. Working out. Then he played at 3. That's Kobe Bryant. Man. That's why, to me, I think Bron understood that mindset. He learned it from Kobe with Team USA. And okay. he's picking up on it. You see it's, he's getting hungry for more and more and more. Now, every great player can say what they want to say. They want to set the bar so high and hopefully someone surpassed them one day. But until... You know, you match Kobe's win totals in championships. I'm not sure you can really surpass him to even get to Jordan. It's going to be hard for LeBron to equal Kobe's championships. I don't, LeBron might not get another ring. I think he will. If he le Okay, so is he in Cleveland next year? Um, if they win a championship, I would say yes. If not, he has to leave. I've heard you say before you, he's definitely going to the Lakers. I think LeBron leaves if he doesn't win a championship. You can't leave a team and win a championship. Yeah. You know, it just can't happen. Um, can you keep players in Cleveland? You know, you have you have to look at, you know, it's an arms race in the West. Mm -hmm. Teams are loading up. You have to think, what can you do in Cleveland to stay, you know, engaged and, and compete with the West? You got to look at Boston. You have to make sure you're always ahead of that game. And he's a great recruiter. Um, can LeBron recruit Paul George at Cleveland? Well, I, I think that Oklahoma City, if they continue to struggle – 
they should look at moving George. Like in, in January, if it's not getting any better, why keep him? Because he's probably going to leave, so try to get something for him. So what are and you... Cleveland will be one of the few teams willing to give something up because most teams would know he's not staying here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you have to be very dangerous. That's very dangerous because if you give up players for Paul George, it's no guarantee Paul George is going to stay. Yeah. he. I, from what I was told, he was willing to stay like an extra year, like maybe next season in Cleveland when there was talk about trading him there. And if LeBron would stay for a year, you know, maybe they could play together. But – so if LeBron leaves Cleveland, you think he's going to L.A. or? I think if he leaves Cleveland, he has to look to team up with either a Paul George or how do we get a Klay Thompson early. In L.A., though. And in L.A., what other team can really embrace that impact of financial of contracts financially? It's only a couple of teams. See, I know it's not going to be Phoenix. No. <laughs> it's not, not going to be Phoenix. Who can embrace Some that? Some of the great, like, I think the Spurs, now they couldn't get LeBron and George, obviously, but they no. got Kawhi. But they would figure something out to get the money, you know, that they would need to get LeBron. I think that'd be a good place, although I don't see him going to that city. Uh, I think, what about Philadelphia? Philly could also be another landing destination. I like what they're doing over there. Are those players ready to win? Remember, he went through that with Kyrie, mm -hmm. teaching his mindset to be ready to win. Is he willing to do that again later in his career? Or does he say, if we can team up and I can like, get another player like a Paul George or whoever's a big-time free agent, to meet me in somewhere. So if he Let's and George go to the Lakers, can they comp not compete with, but beat Golden State? Or, you know, they legitimate chance to beat Golden State. You, you have to retain a couple more people. You have to retain uh, Caldwell Pope. You need another shooter. You have to make sure your style of play and everything moving forward continues to build. And you got to get some veterans to take some vet minimums to come over and be a part of that entire structure, which he's always done throughout his career. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, we, I, I want to get back to Gary Payton quickly. Yeah. Because he's known as one of the greatest trash talkers of all time. Is that reputation well earned? I mean, you, you played with him. Is he really that big of a trash talker or was he? So GP has always had the utmost respect for me, which is rare. I'm a rookie. So we had to be like in maybe February, post-All-Star break, and Gary Payton and Vin Baker are sitting by the cooler. And I walk up to Gary. He hasn't yelled at me all year. I'm disappointed because this is Gary Payton's <laughs> reputation. He's going to cuss you out. He's going to yell at you. He's going to get into you. And I'll walk up and I go, big bro, I don't know how long I'm going to be your teammate. This is the NBA. I feel like I've been here for an entire season. You've yet to cuss me out. You have yet to yell at me. You have yet to really get on me and teach me how to play defense or play the game of basketball like I see you cuss out everyone else. Mm. He goes, that's what you really want? I go, yeah. He's like, all right, take your ass over there and give me some Gatorade with three ice cubes. <laughs> then I'll teach you something. So I'm like, cool, whatever. I start laughing, I go get him Gatorade with three ice cubes, I bring him back. And he's like, oh, you for real? I'm like, yeah, I'm for real. He's like, all right, let's go, get on the court. And he started to teach me the game of angles and the game of basketball in a way that no one's ever taught me, ever in my career. And from that point on, i just been like a sponge and listening to his mindset and everything about him. So he's been the most impactful in my career, and that's GP. You think he'll enter coaching? It sounds like he could. Um, a lot of great players have, problem, have a real serious problem entering coaching. It's not the coaching that takes over the game that they really have a challenge with. It's listening to everyone else around them listening to the front office, listening to ownership on how to play a game that they've actually mastered, which is why you see a lot of players, great players, become the GM. Mm -hmm. So now they, they have, have an control. influence on the coaching. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, trash talk. So was he a huge trash talker? Big time trash talker, but he never talked trash to John Stockton, the only player ever. Really? We're playing. We're playing Utah first game that we play. That we're playing them. We're sitting after shooting round. He goes, "Baby boy." I'm like, "What's up?" He goes, "This white boy right here." <laughs> Ooh. He's like, "You better. You better not take this for granted. This is a great opportunity." You better respect it and embrace it and understand you're playing as one of the best point guards to ever play. Wow. And that was rare for GP. Because every, every, everyone we played up point guard before that point and after that point was trash. Like this point, he's trash. He's just getting yeah. up like he's trash. Like, yeah. That's just GP. So he had this respect for John Stockton that was through the roof. And when you played against John Stockton, you understood why. He was the most efficient at his craft. And he would hit you with an elbow that was so vicious, it made you want a fist fight. And he had that consistent layer of toughness throughout every play in the game of basketball. Wow, wow. Who, who was the best trash talker you've heard ever? Uh, outside of GP. So GP is the yeah, best? Yeah, Baron Davis, my teammate at UCLA. What's the funniest thing he said on the court that you can repeat on the court or – in practice or in the game or what? Uh, he talked trash all, all game, but ma mainly mainly on the court. If he dunked on you, he'll let you hear about it. Um, I don't know if he wants me to tell this story, but we're playing at Duke, pushing the ball down the court. They're in front of the Duke's bench. Wojo, Houski, and Baron Davis get tangled up, and they keep tripping each other to get back up. They're, like, pushing <laughs> each other down. I'm pushing the ball. I look back. I look back again. Baron laid hand to his face real quick. Bop. Quick smack. The ref didn't see it? No one saw it. Coach K saw it and went crazy. Baron Davis, I say this all the time, Baron Davis was before his time. He was quick. He was strong. He was fast. Players don't have all three. Mm. A player might be quick, Tony Parker. A player might be strong and fast, Russell Westbrook. Baron had to shift to him as well. So it made him dangerous. Mm. Made him dangerous. Like he went in and out. You and a whole weak side defense were in and out the same way. Like, you just shook the whole, all five players. How is this even possible? Yeah. So he always had that combination to his game. And when he dunked on you, like he dunked on AK, he'll let you yeah, hear about it. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Russell Westbrook. You played with him when he was a rookie. You started beginning of the season, and then he took over. What is it like for a veteran, like, when you realize this kid is better than me? Like, what was that like? I started with Russ first at UCLA. The coaching staff allowed me to train with him in the summer and kind of be his mentor before he even got to the NBA. Okay. So Russ had always been like little bro, family. And just you want players to become better than you as a veteran. You just want to know a defined role that moves forward. And for Russ to become Russ was exactly what we always envisioned for him, even when we were working him out and playing pickup at UCLA when he was, no one knew about the Russ. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. backup point guard to Darren Collison. When you saw him only at got that in, time. Only got into UCLA because Jordan Farmer went to the NBA. He was going to UC Irvine. Wow. Right, he came in at like six feet. I came back the next summer, he was 6'3". I run to Ben Howell and I'm like, oh my God, Russ is your best player. He goes, no, no, no. Have you seen Kevin Love? Kevin Love coming here? I said, yeah. He's like, Darren Collins? I said, yeah. He's like, Russ. I said, no. You want? I, I was like, Russ. He's like, no, no, no. I was like, trust me. He won't be here past this season. He's your best player. Wow. You just could see it. And remember, Darren Collins started his second season at UCLA injured. Mm -hmm. So to allow Russ to start at the point, initially he was coming off the bench. 
Yep. And then he was so good that they had to find a way to start Darren Collinson and Russell together. Did you ever see Russ becoming this good? Yes. He had a motor that was unique. Um, we played against Miami, and D-Wade at that time was D-Wade. Russ picked him up full court, ripped him, dunked it. Picked as him a up rookie. As a rookie. Picked him up full court, ripped him again, and laid it up. D-Wade looked back at him like, who the hell is this? <laughs> and from that moment on, you knew Russ was fearless. He was fearless in his competition where most players take a seat back because it is D-Wade and they want to be cool with you. Mm-hmm. Russ didn't care about being cool with anyone. Wow. And he still has that same mentality. I've heard people belittle his triple-double average because, you know, the floor spread, guards get more rebounds or whatever. How You know you played and coached in the league. How much of an achievement is that for him to average a triple-double last year? It's, it's historic. Um, he had a chance to break the record versus us in Phoenix. Um, we had a no triple-double rule. We wasn't going to let him break it. Just put him on the free throw line. Foul him. We beat them. Devin Booker takes over that game, yells at the crowd, this is my effing house, as he drills off like three or four straight threes. Wow. Right? Game is over. Uh, a guy who I played at UCLA with who was also knows Russ very well, Billy Knight, comes into my coach's office. It's after the game. It's probably 11 o'clock. He goes, hey, Russ is shooting in the practice gym. I go, is he? He's like, yeah. I said, tell him I'd be down there. So we walk into the practice gym. OKC is getting their food up top. Practice gym goes down, and it's the court. Russ is shooting with no rebounders. So I walk on the court. He stops. It's like a, he knows from the beginning we've always been in his corner. Mm-hmm. And I walk. His shirt is off. He's going hard. I go, Russ, can't be too hard on yourself. And he looks down, and he goes, I know. I said, yo, proud of you. I love you. But you wasn't going to get that triple-double here today. <laughs> he goes, I know, I know. I go, but hey, keep your head up. Stay positive. You know, don't be so down on yourself. Don't, don't beat yourself. I know Russ would beat himself up. And he was like, I know, I know. And I told our friend Billy, just continue to rebound for him till he leaves. Because it's, it's, it's our little brother. We have this, mm-hmm. this brewing brotherhood that goes beyond basketball but when we compete I don't really care about it and he doesn't care about it it's the way we were always saw it it's like the coach wouldn't weigh so he's just never satisfied with his play for the most part never satisfied with his play um the triple double thing was nice but he really wants to win a championship do you think he will as the lead guy of a team is he gonna win the championship I think he can for sure I think he can for sure but he doesn't want to join a team to do it he gonna stay. He's gonna stay in OKC and prove he can do it. His Russ comes from a different. He's cut from a different cloth. Like his dad is very influential into his life. Russ is like I'm not joining. I'm not. I never been. It's really unique because he's the cool, fashionable dresser, mm-hmm. but he's never fit into a mode of the mass. And that's how he plays the game and moves in business of the game. He will not join a team to win a championship. He will not come to the game dressed the way anyone else is dressed. He's going to do it his way, and he's going to be do it the right way. He doesn't know no in-between. He knows wrong and right, and he feels like this is right, this is loyal, this is where I'm going to win it, and if not, I'm going to give my entire heart trying to win it. So how do you think he feels about Durant, not just because he left Oklahoma City, but because, you know, he did the opposite of what you're saying Russ would do? Um, I think he's disappointed in the move, but they were close enough. I don't think he was ever shocked by the move. 
you know when you are cool with your homeboy and then eventually you feel a separation. You're not clueless about that. Mm -hmm. And that's what they had, because they were really close at one point, very close. Were they that close when you were there? When I was there, win or lose, they would come back in the morning and shoot around before practice and work out in the practice. In the practice gym at 8 a.m., practice would start at 10. Whether they played 40 minutes or 38, they were in the gym at 8 in the morning going hard together. Like, you know, drills, shots, take a shower, come back and practice at 10. They put in the work. And they kind of drove each other to be better, which was really dope to see and cool to see for two young superstars. So you could tell he felt it. But believe it or not, I don't think Russ put too much energy into it. Russ is not going to be moved like that. You cannot move Russ like that. Russ's whole mindset is he chose to do what he wanted to do. I'm going to do what I want to do, and that's going to stay here and stay here in OKC and win a damn championship or two. He has like that Michael Jordan tenacity. Mm-hmm. He has that Kobe Bryant nastiness into his personality. Where do you think the ri- I don't want to say rift, but it began to kind of pull apart between KD and Russ? I'm not really sure because I wasn't on that team at that time. But I think just kind of, you can see it sometimes in games. You can see KD kind of pull away as rushes continue to go. And then everyone will say, pass the ball to KD. <laughs> Why isn't Russ passing the ball to KD? And you kind of see it go at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's really unique. Only OKC know that, knows that true story. Now, Russ, that, that is, the, as great as he is, that's the one pe- thing people criticize him on is, he plays the last four minutes like it's the second quarter. You know, he just knows one speed. Can he change that, or does he need to change that to, to win a championship? I think when you have young players who become superstars, it makes it more challenging to actually talk to them about the game of basketball unless they trust you. So it would have to take a personality that can engage him. I'm sure OKC does a great job of teaching him and showing him film mm-hmm. because they just their staff is amazing, their front office is amazing, and just allowing him to trust that process. Out of nowhere, he's been fed with the most talent he's ever had around him, Melo and Paul yeah, George. Yeah. So it's going to be a learning experience, and it's not always easy. When Miami got together purposely, they too struggled early. So it's going to be a, you know, a learning curve. He has to learn it and fill it out, and Russ is going to continuously study it until he masters it. So you think this team in OKC will get it together? I think there's no one in the West who wants to face them in the first round. Really? Why would you? They got to make it first. They have to make it, but they will. And I can see them sneaking in six, yeah, five to AC. But if they get in and they're clicking, it's going to mess up the playoff yeah. structure, right? Yeah. It's going to mess it up, and I wouldn't be surprised if they upset record-wise, a top seed. Melo, you played with him, too, in Denver. Yes. And people looking at their record early in OKC, looking at what happened in Cleveland, uh, his years there. I'm sorry, New York. York. They're saying he can't win. You can't win big with Melo. You played with him. What's your take on that? It's really kind of ironic because early in his career, LeBron couldn't win, and Melo was taking his teams to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And LeBron was flying to Denver to watch Melo in the playoffs. Remember that? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I've said that a lot. He took them from 17 yeah. wins to the playoffs in the West. Yeah. LeBron couldn't do it in the East. Yeah, yeah but Melo, to me, I love Melo. Melo has a lot of game. He's a lot of tenacity. He's, he's not you – can't, you can't just – you have to really find his rhyme and reason and connect with Melo, right? It's not, he, he has to really vibe with you. Once you understand Melo, everything is, like, all good. But I love Melo. I love Paul, Paul George. I love Russ. I love that 
that big three. How do you create something where the ball moves enough where they all feel involved in every offensive set and they feel like they have an opportunity to go at any given time, but if not, they move it quicker? That ball has to move. The pass has to become their best friend. It can't be isolation. You go for 30, I go for 20, mm-hmm. you go for, for 25. Mm-hmm. It has to come within a natural flow. And it's not easy creating a, a, a San Antonio Spurs mindset. You know, yep. Yep. Pop started that with David Robinson, Tim Duncan, who to me are the two of the most underrated bigs that ever play the game. But their personality bled into the culture because Pop and RC instilled that personality. And it's just now you see their team just play that way automatically. You mentioned Cleveland, OKC, as far as maybe competing for the title. So you you don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Golden State's winning it? I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I think you always have injuries, you have playoffs rigors, and you have eventually, they haven't really been tested in Golden State. So maybe this playoff series they're tested. You have the Rockets with James and Chris Paul who know how to win games. Who's the biggest threat in the West to them? To Golden State? State. I think the Rockets are the biggest threat because they have the firepower. Power. Um, I think to everyone, I think it is, of course, the San Antonio Spurs, who we let you guys get in front of the camera and fight, and by the end of the season, we're like the number two seed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're coming down the line, and we don't, we don't have Kawhi yet, but wait till we get him, and our entire bench has been well-prepared and have a lot of experience with confidence because players have been injured to go into the playoffs and change the game. What Pop did to beat the Rockets without Kawhi last playoffs was remarkable. Mm-hmm. His, his strategy, the mindset, the team they had moving forward was incredible. Going into the Golden State series, if Kawhi do not get hurt, I don't think Golden State beats them. Really? Not at all. Wow. Not See, at all. I, I, thought, I thought Golden State would win still in five or even four. But that's interesting. You think the Spurs would have beat them? I think they were about 20-plus points when that injury yeah, happened were, in the yeah. first game of the season. They just went through them very quickly as well. I think they went by like 30. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's something about Greg Popovich teams and Coach Pop and what he does for that team in preparation. He's, he's, he's a master coach. I know you got to go. Is that the way to beat Golden State, though, big? Uh, you can't beat them big because Draymond and KD are going to be the four and five going down the stretch. You have to have playmakers and versatile defenders because eventually you will switch that pick and roll. And you have to live with Steph Curry taking shots. Or you have to pick your poison and say, protect the rim. If we're going to live with Draymond hitting threes. Because if you pressure Draymond, he's good enough to go past you and be a playmaker on that weak mm-hmm. side, which is now Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. I would take away Draymond's playmaking ability and force him to be a scorer. Okay. My man, Thank great you. knowledge, great Thank stories. You. I could keep you here for another hour, but I know you got to roll. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, for our final segment, of course, Not Down Jay. I'm joined, as I am virtually every week, with my man, Jason McIntyre. He comes at me with three points, and I knock him down. What you got for me? Uh, first of all, i got to give you some props. The best backcourts list in the NBA. It was about damn time you got a good list together. <laughs> I don't know who you got help from. Maybe you were texting LeVar Ball or, I'm or actually Now uh, I'm actually questioning my list oh, now that you agree oh, with well, it. Well, listen, that does not make me feel good that only, you agree with my list. All right, we'll, let's get we'll to larger matters, Chris. Your guy who you defend to the end of the earth, Russell Westbrook, the reigning MVP, who is shooting 31%. From three, career low 39%. Chris, 
Chris, there's a lot of blame going around in OKC. Whitlock likes to say it's Carmelo's fault. Other people say Billy Donovan. I say no. I remain steadfast. The problem in OKC is leadership, and that falls upon Russell Westbrook. Who's the leader the point of the, guard. the team? Russell the Westbrook. He's the, no. And the coach supposed no. to be the leader of the team? What has Billy Donovan done in the NBA? You're the coach. He's a head coach. Yes, exactly. The, the NBA coach, is a star league. The head coach is supposed to provide leadership. What oh, turned around? You've got to be hold on. kidding What me. turned around the Golden State Warriors a few years ago? What, when they was it from, getting a new player? When they went from was a, it getting a new player from a fifty-one win team that had won yeah. nothing? Fifty-one wins to world beaters. What right. was it? What well, was it? Steve Kerr made a move. What was Steve Kerr? And put what Draymond was, Green. What was Steve Kerr? Oh what was his goodness. position? Is that really your comp? No, You're comparing the Warriors and answer, Steve Kerr can you to Billy Donovan, the head coach, and the Thunder. You really think who so? who is it that drives the 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 bus? In San Antonio. Oh my goodness! Aren't they You're great without Kawhi? Who is it that drives the them? Woo! I'm telling you, head coaches are leaders. Whose system is made James Harden this incredible MVP candidate Mike every D'Antoni. single year? Mike Thank D'Antoni. you. Yeah. Who made Steve Nash a two-time MVP? Mike D'Antoni. So these are head coaches. They provide leadership. If you have one team oh and you God. don't, You're and, really and, tripping if, today. if you and I, mean, I are coaches, is... let me ask you: If you and I are coaches, okay, and I have more talent than your team has, and you beat me, who's that on? Chris, when my players are better, analogies. When my players are better than your players, and you beat me, who's who's that on? So what is firing Billy Donovan going to do? If that's I'm what you want, you should be saying fired. Billy Donovan's a problem. I'm not saying he should be fired. I'm saying Billy. They got a so lot he, of. That's who got, you're going to hold accountable. They have a lot. No, I got to hold all of them accountable, but not just Russell Westbrook. No, he's number one. What he I would is say to Billy, the highest paid player, the reigning that means MVP. Nothing. He is the franchise. He is. The he highest just signed paid a five-year player, deal. That's what you going with. The highest paid player, that and I believe that doesn't league mean history. Anything. I believe league that's history. That's just because of timing. No, Wait Billy Donovan ain't the highest paid coach in the league. He's not thought of as a great coach. Should Carmelo? Should Carmelo Anthony? Come off the bench. I'm down with that. I think we talked about that weeks ago. Then whose decision is that? Is but Carmelo going to solve all their problems? It'll solve some of it. Oh my god! It might. Is that going to start to get Russell Westbrook to shoot right? Is that really going to make that happen? Paul Paul George oh, is having a great season. He's the only one shooting. Bad? Well, he's shooting horribly. You're not going to blame. He's the only one shooting poorly. How old is your guy, Melo? Thirty what? Thirty three. Even oh, okay. his fifteenth yeah. year. He's way he's past his prime. We can agree on that. You're going to blame that guy? No. This is what I'm all I'm saying is there's do? all I'm saying is there's a lot of blame to go on. Westbrook no, there, is No, we agree on that. Westbrook but who is, is not number blameless? one to blame on the OKC Thunder right now. Billy Donovan. Oh my goodness. Okay. I can't wait for Again, the comments. Answer this question. On this one. Answer this question. Billy Donovan. If I have more talent than you have and you beat me, Who's, well, who's we know I'm a better coach than you. I'm more X's You would be a better coach. That's obvious. You would but, be a better coach. That's not how the NBA works. The NBA really? is a star-driven league. It's all, I just, OKC I just has three incredible superstars. I just on, opened up this me, segment. Okay, you just opened I just opened no. up this segment proving to you that great coaches okay. make a huge mm-hmm. difference. Okay, let me throw one at you that you weren't ready for. Eric Spolstra. And the Miami Heat start out, I believe, 9-10 and 10 with LeBron in the big three. Yeah. Did Eric Spolstra, is he the one credited with saving that? Nope. That was LeBron. No, LeBron but Eric Spolstra did a good job. LeBron and Wade and Bosh worked together. Chris Bosh, 
Go stand in the corner, shoot threes, rebound the basketball. Whose decision was that? Dwayne Wade oh. said, I'm going to step back, Who's decision? and LeBron, it's your show. Whose decision was it to have Chris Bosh at the three-point Well, line? you could say Spolstra. I'm going to say LeBron, because LeBron no, ran that no, team. It was, no, he didn't. That, he didn't run Miami. Yeah, yeah. He the didn't run Miami. Pat Riley ran Miami. Pat Riley ran Miami, but the Thank video you. coordinator, Eric Spolstra, is not the guy credited oh, with... you going to disrespect with, Eric Spolstra well, I mean, like that's that? that's what he was before LeBron got there. A lot of coach... No, he was the head coach before LeBron And they got to the first round. He worked his way up. He got to the first round of the playoffs and then LeBron arrives and they're in the finals. We're year. getting off the subject. I like Spolstra, but I'm saying Russell Westbrook needs to take control of this team. He's the leader. He needs to sit down his start and say, guys, this is unacceptable. We got to work That's it out. not Russell Westbrook. He's, he's no leader. So the MVP's no he, leader. He might not be a leader. Oh, okay. I mean, you're right. Uh, we could ask Reggie Jackson, Serge Ibaka, Re- Kevin Durant. Reggie Jackson? Reggie Jackson? You, 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 you going you to discredit to Russell Westbrook because of Reggie Jackson? Nobody wanted to How play How are you doing in Detroit right now? How about Cantor leaving? How about uh? And, and then it's Cantor. They're all playing well now that they're under Amazing that you didn't leader. bring up Kevin Durant. You brought up Ennis Cantor and Reggie Jackson. And Serge Ibaka. There's a lot of players who've left Westbrook and thrived. Russell, or demanded okay, to get the hell let's, out of Let's there. get back to the top. Again, I'm not saying Westbrook is blameless. He certainly can improve. Give me your top three blames. Well, Billy OKC. Donovan, if, okay, if look, whether you look at Carmelo Anthony and say, let's get you in that second unit like Dwayne Wade is doing in Cleveland. It's your unit. Give us better balance. Make our bench deeper. Yeah, that's that's on the coaches. Not like Chris I'm not saying it's going to make you the best team in the league. But you might want to give it a try. Secondly, we need to change the way we play, the system we're playing. We need more That's ball movement, more player movement. The season, but okay. You just want to keep being mediocre and miss the playoffs with three all-stars? Okay, so you have uh, the Billy coach Donovan, has to one. do something. What's two, Russ or Melo? I, I mean, Melo, look, Russell Westbrook is the only player on that team, including the coach, coaching staff, who's been to the NBA Finals. Or the only star on that team. He's the only. He's been in five. He's been in five Western Conference Finals. That's two more. Two more than Melo and uh, Paul George combined. And nobody gets deep in the playoffs without other great players. Has what championship has LeBron won without another great player? No, you need what great championship players. has Steph Curry won or Paul Kevin George Durant without another great player? Paul George player? is great. He went to the Eastern Conference Finals against LeBron twice. We got to move on, Chris. Agree to disagree, okay? okay? No. We'll check agree in on to this disagree. every week. I think okay, you, you better change your mind. No way. <laughs> well, Billy Donovan's going to get axed. We know that. That's I'm, how the look, league I'm not even down on Donovan. I'm just saying NBA. you don't blame Russell Westbrook. You, you, there's more blame to go around than just okay. on Westbrook. So you're gonna, if you didn't like that, you're, you're going to hate this one. We've seen your Rockets. You love James Harden. He is out of this world right now. Yes, Harden is. is off the hook. Um, he's playing well. Chris Paul's fitting in nicely. I believe they're undefeated when those two uh, are on the court. I still believe with Kawhi Leonard returning this week that the Spurs are a bigger threat to the Warriors than the Rockets. Why? Your call. No, no, I want to hear your argument. That's me. (laughs) I know what I got. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say the Spurs have no shot because the Spurs, I've learned to respect them. I was counting them out eight, nine years ago. And they keep getting it done. Yeah. Greg Popovich has a great system, great culture there. So they're, you know, they're going to be very good. They're obviously playing well, even without Kawhi. Well, what, with him, they're well, going to be. I believe what, 19 and 9? 19 and 8. 19 and 8. They're, without they're playing the, well. Yep. Uh, top five MVP. They're going to be very good. They're going to be tough with Kawhi. But I do believe the Rockets 
are the tougher competition, the bigger threat for Golden State. Here's why. Number one, to beat Golden State, yes, you have to play very good defense, and the Rockets do. They're sixth in the league in defensive efficiency. You can, go, improved, you yeah. can go back to the reputation of Mike D'Antoni if you want. But right now, with the additions of Chris Paul, P.J. Tucker, you still got Trevor Ariza, Clint Capella at the rim, they're playing very good defense. I like defense. Capella, by the way. Okay. Then, they're not as predictable as they used to be. You don't just shoot threes or get in the paint. Now you got a mid-range scorer and another playmaker in Chris Paul, who, while Steph Curry has embarrassed him at times, Chris Paul still is one of the best defensive point guards in the league. I'll give you that. And so the final thing after those two things, to beat Golden State, you have to be able to score with them. And I don't think the Spurs can score with them. Hmm. The Rockets can score with them. They can shoot the three nearly as well and score, have the offense and the defense to compete with the Warriors. So that's why I would go. Now, you look, I, and I think, the, I think the Spurs don't have the athleticism to guard Golden State in a seven-game series and beat them four times. Okay, well, they just don't have what, enough speed. Uh, I love you. Let's start here. What happened in the Western Conference playoffs last year? Uh, they got swept. No, Spurs, yeah, the Spurs and Rockets. Swept. No, I'm talking Spurs, Rockets. Oh, oh well, uh, wasn't Chris Paul playing with the Clippers? Oh, come on. Are you serious? Are you going to go there? He was. Chris Paul is the first ballot yeah, Hall of Famer, one of the best point guards in the league. And he's never been past the second round of the playoffs. Okay, Thank but he's still a very much. good, okay. good play, so player. So let's go back to Spurs, Rockets last year. And I like that Rockets team. After winning game one by like 75, right, the Spurs climbed back in the series and won on Houston's home court, yeah. I believe, in game six. And what happened? James Harden wore down. Are we going to see that this year? I don't I'm know. At, if we he don't know. Wore, I, I, well, you I don't know if he wore down. Was he partying? He wore down. Oh. I don't think it was physical. So he's mentally weak. No, I'm not saying that. But th- the one thing about the Rockets, Chris Paul, even though he's had some very good clutch moments, he has faltered in the clutch in the playoffs yes. at times. And James Harden certainly has faltered yes. in the clutch. Those two have got to prove they can step up. That's one Thing I'll give you. Oh, one thing. All right. Well, you know what? Overall, I think the Rockets so are a better team. you've been gassing up the Rockets' defense. It's been tremendous this year. Guess who's top five defensive efficiency without Kawhi Leonard, who you could argue should have been Defensive Player of the Year last year? San Antonio Spurs. There's something about Popovich that scares me if I'm the Warriors. He always can devise a plan to shock you. Remember game did he, one? Did he shock them last well, year? Well, remember game one of the Western Conference Finals? Yeah. I still think Golden Spurs State were was up. Win that game. Kawhi goes down. I still think uh, you Golden know State I, I'm win. ride or die Steph Curry and the Warriors, but I'm telling you something about Popovich with the length they have on the perimeter. They got young legs now inside. Do they they got the some speed age. to. Does that length again, have the speed to move with Golden State well, for again, seven games? Houston ran all last year. San Antonio slowed them down and was able to keep up, and they make their threes. They're not a bad three point shooting Houston team. was predictable. Last uh, so all of a sudden, because they all, have P.J. Yeah, Tucker no, and Chris Paul, they're no longer Now you got a little Luke better Bouchard, mid-range Bob, 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 play. Yeah. You got a little better, better mid-range play. Okay, listen, I like the Rockets a lot. And the people are coming after me online because I said it would be a disaster. Chris Paul and James Harden. It's a marathon, not a sprint. We can agree on that, right? This is a long When you start resorting games. to cliches, resorting to cliches, Which I know cliche? you have Which no cliche? argument. Marathon, not a sprint. No, that's not a cliche. Popovich, something about Popovich will the scare you. The guy is a master. Give me some facts. Is, is Give Popovich me some the greatest meat. coach in NBA history? 
Is he not top three? Phil oh, he's, Jackson. He's top two. Red Auerbach. Phil Jackson. Okay, so it's not like I'm just saying something about Pop. The guy's a master. He's a wizard. Warriors added Kevin Durant. Game one of the season last year. They win by like 25 in Golden State. I mean, nobody saw that coming. Never underestimate Popovich. Now that one goes to me. Thank you for trying. <laughs> Finally! Here we go. Big game tonight. We're recording the podcast Tuesday afternoon. Big game tonight. Lonzo and the Lakers. Should I say your Lakers because you're tight with LeVar? Can I say no. that? Your Lakers? Okay. Uh, are you embarrassed like about being no, connected like to LeVar now? I like LeVar. I, are you I, I embarrassed? Like LeVar. Are you going to go to Lithuania no, I'm just with the saying Ball I'm family? I'm not like Mr. Lakers. Ball in the family saying. with special guest appearance by Chris <laughs> Broussard? Um, I like this Laker team. I said they could go to the playoffs. I'm sticking by it. They're Why? not that. Why are you sticking by it? They're not far out. And the West is down. If you're far Listen, out at this point, Denver you're really bad. beat up. Not that very, not that good. Denver's like the fourth seed. Fifth they're, seed. No, they're like five hundred. They're, the they, they're struggling. No Paul Millsap. The big guys hurt. We're just seeing some some weak softness in the West. The last four seeds in the playoffs. Um, I like this Laker team a lot. I'm a they're Knicks not making fan. The playoffs. Probably not. I'm a Knicks fan forever, but I believe when I look at this Laker roster compared to the Knicks. Brighter future for the Lakers than the Knicks. The Lakers have more young talent. I, and, I like their young forget. talent. I like Brandon Ingram, Kyle Whoa. Kuzma. Ingram. I'm not down on ball like a lot of people are. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle, Larry Nance. I mean, they, they have some you nice. You know the whole roster. They have some nice young talent. But, but, oh, yes, I'm, but. obviously the ultimate answer to this is you're going to see what team gets the big free agent in the summer. So barring that, just looking at what they have right now, who, who wins championships? What do you absolutely have to have to win a championship? This guy's good at debate. What have not you had on a championship team since 2004? And that was the first time in about 30 years. Right, right. You need a star to win titles. You need a superstar. Superstar. A superstar. Who on that Lakers team that I just named, as much as I like those players, who who is a definite superstar on that team? I got a flex for this. Is one. there one? So I because you know on the Knicks, there's a superstar. There is an injury Christoph prone superstar. Christoph Porzingis, an injury prone. I love Porzingis. Well, but well, he's we can always injuries okay. are always a uh, factor. Yeah, I forgot for Joel Embiid, always oh, I mean, fan now, best player in the NBA. Anybody. I looked at Brandon Ingram's numbers at the age of 20, and I compared them to Giannis's. And Brandon Ingram, at age 20, is ahead in almost all the offensive categories than Giannis. Ingram, I've been down on him. I've been down on Brandon Ingram. But that's he is your, that's, that's, he's gonna. You don't think he's going to be a star? I could probably point to a lot of players who, in year two, were ahead of Giannis. Exactly. What he averaged. They're similar points. players in terms of length and getting to the basket. Listen, I was down on Ingram a lot this year. Because he's not shooting the three, and I was expecting that coming out of Duke. Where he was Is he going shooter. to be as good as Christoph Porzingis? N O. Whoa, whoa! You didn't let me answer, man. Because I, I see, I know. So by what age? You not, not, period. Just who's well, gonna have a better career? Who's gonna be the better player, Christoph Porzingis or Brandon Ingram or Kyle Kuzma or Lonzo Ball? It's Kristaps Porzingis. No, I'm going to And go I like Brandon those Ingram. guys. I think oh. Brandon Ingram will have a better. I, I don't think. Listen, last year was an it was atrocious for the Lakers. Do, I'm, I, I should not have read anything into what Ingram was. Now he's playing with a new point guard, new shooting guard, new center, all these new pieces. No veteran leadership on that team, Chris. There's none. 
That was one miscalculation that they didn't do. Who's the veteran leader? Luel Deng? Guys, is he, he never plays. Is he even providing leadership in the locker room? Who's running that team? And they don't have a Chris Paul-type personality. Lonzo's passive. Ingram is passive. I mean, is KCP or is Jordan Clarkson your leader? Like, they don't really have so one. That, and I believe once they bring in a big-time free agent, for Brandon no. Ingram? the reason the Lakers have a brighter future, Ingram, and then you get a veteran in there, LeBron, But see, Paul, we're not, no. We're going to see We're not talking about that. Step. We're talking about who you have right now. Neither team has the core of a championship team. Bro, no, no. The Knicks have it's nothing all, outside Porzingis. No. Not but, but what they do nothing. have. Zero. But what they do have who? is the superstars. Oh, you need the talent. The Lakers don't They're have the superstars. They're in salary cap hell thanks to the bad Noah that contract. That can be changed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they could just get died out again, of it. And again, I, I don't want to debate who somebody may get in free agency. We don't know. I, the question is, of the, course, the, if the Lakers get LeBron, Lakers have they're going to be have a better future. future. They've got Magic Johnson in the front office to woo free agents. Draft picks. Magic Johnson, that guy's an icon. What do the Knicks have in the front office? James Dolan, one of the worst He's owners. not in the front office. He's running the show. No, He's I think entire, Scott Perry brought, and Steve Mills oh, are now yeah, running They're the show. household names. He brought in Phil Jackson. Darryl, you had to be a, was Daryl Morey a household name years ago? Oh, yes, he was. Was R.C. Buford a household name years ago? Years ago. No, you have to prove and yourself. Wh- okay. so, you, so you think they're just going to prove themselves in the next couple of years while the Lakers are stacking chips? Scott Perry was helped build that team in Detroit that won the championship without a superstar in 2004. Yeah, 2004. For information. Great. Okay, great. Scott so the Perry was right in Oklahoma right. City and Seattle. I believe I Seattle won. when they drafted Kevin Durant. Ooh. I would have so never taken Durant good... second overall. I mean, geez. Okay. You probably I wouldn't. believe I won a dinner off you last week with our bet about LeBron, first team all defense. I'm going to double down. I will take you and your wife and your two daughters out if the Lake, if the Knicks win a title before the Lakers. Oh, yeah. He's afraid, people. No, He's no. afraid. I backed that, you into a corner. That's totally different no than shot. the discussion right now. Brighter the Lakers, future. What is a brighter future, The Lakers Chris? are a much... Getting to a playoff the game? The Lakers are here. a much better franchise. Yes. Than that's the why they have a brighter There's future. There's no question. Nobody's debating that. I can't put the Knicks even in the same category as the Lakers franchise. So it's franchise. victory, McIntyre. What we're talking about... People love me. <laughs> Yeah, gosh, I'm just not destroying you. People don't love that shirt. Oh, I'll tell you that. Oh, and there's laughter from the peanut gallery. Over <laughs> and, my shirt. and thank God they can't say your shoes. These what are those? Say, in, anyway, these are weak. I, I don't. <laughs> what are they? They not Nikes. A de- what are oh, they? I'm big not, baller I'm not brand. What the big baller brand they? like you? I, I'm I wearing need, Jordans. I need to get on your level. Okay, what are you? Fine. I really? I'll only wear Jordans from now on to get on. Christmas I tell you what, you cannot come on the zone. What are you going to give me some of these What are you? You can't come on the zone. When are you going to give me some free Jordans? I know you're in with all the players. Man. Hey, Maverick Carter, I, I know you're watching. Showing up with up. those. I don't, I don't, so, I, see, when, when he I loses can't go the to debate, back. Lakers have a brighter future than the Knicks. He's got to resort to the personal attack. See, I will have none of this, Chris. <laughs> knocked down, Jay. I knocked him down, but he keeps getting up every single week for more and more beatdowns. I got to flex. We'll see that. y'all next week. Remember, Go to iTunes, go to Apple Podcasts, go to SoundCloud, and check us out in the zone. We'll see you next week.